Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Hey moms, welcome back to the Gather Moms podcast. This is episode 75 and we are kicking off a new season today. Rebecca, I want you to guess what season number we are on. I was just thinking that. (laughs) I'm going to say five. So it's actually seven. (gasps) We've made it to seven. Yeah. So I didn't know either. I had to look it up before we started to see, you know, what season we would be on. But listen, that's God's number of it is perfection. God's number. Yes. So does that mean that this might be the perfect season? Perfect season. We're going to just nail it. No edits needed. No. Yeah. It's going to be just perfection. I can't wait. Can we talk about our last back to school podcast real quick? Yes. Because I have gotten the best feedback. <laughs> Me too. And you know what? I was really actually kind of nervous after we posted it because I even texted you. I was like, hey, will you listen to this? Make sure we didn't overshare. (laughs) Okay. Well, let me tell you why I think we might have overshared because my dad listened to it. (gasps) What? I was like, dad, you're not supposed to listen to it. It's for moms. He was like, well, nobody told me that. So I feel like I know a little bit too much now. (laughs) When a mom messaged and said she was listening to it, her husband walked in on, I don't even know what part. And she was, she said she had to explain a little bit, (laughs) give some context of what was going on. But listen, Mama Judy, she bought the boob sweat deodorant. Is she going to be okay with you sharing that to the world? I think so. Okay, good. I mean, yay, Mama Judy. I'm so glad. I want to hear her review. Well, I want all the reviews because yeah. I've had a couple of people message and say they bought the period panties too. Okay. So I'm like, we need to know. Yeah, I want to know. Yeah, what if they Then I'm kind of afraid. What if they spent money on these products and they don't like them? Makes me feel like I recommend. Well, no, because I still love it. It's a yeah. great product for me. Right. And not everything works for everybody, but you know, I mean, yeah, it's just nice when somebody like actually tries something and then tells you that it works. So, and it worked for you. So that's great. Okay. Well, we'll see. I'm y'all, still y'all not tell sold. Us. Y'all reach so out. I told Jeremy about, <laughs> about the episode and he was like, I, I, Kate, I'm going to need a little time to digest this. I kind of wish you'd never told me this. Like, I don't want to know this about Rebecca. <laughs> Listen, I'm buying you some, so you're going to get to experience them. You just wait for him to show up on your doorstep. It totally freaked him out. Totally freaked him out. But okay. So here's one of the things. And I think, you know, this part of what's driving this new season and stuff is because, you know, we get so much feedback from moms, especially like when we just share really practical things, right? Right. Um, like I did a series on um, anxiety for back to school on our gather mom stories and my personal stories. And I had multiple people message me and said, we need more content like this. Yes. You know, yes. I need content on discipline, what to do when my kids don't listen and, you know, things like that. Yeah. Just the everyday stuff. That we run into over and over and over and over again. That's right. And so this season is called Help. And when I've been writing and working on it, the song, you may not know the song, but this keeps coming to my mind, but it's help. I need somebody help. Help. Not just anybody. (laughs) And if we were super cheesy, I feel like we could rewrite the lyrics to that and make it like mom 
lingo. Help. I need more mom. <laughs> Help. <laughs> they know the things. They Help. are the bombs. Oh, they are the bombs. <laughs> I love it. I just feel like we need to put help wanted signs everywhere now. Help wanted. Well, okay. Because moms need help. But you know who is notoriously terrible about asking for help? Moms. 100%, right? Yes. Um, so I was thinking about, so we say in our family, like, if you get stuck on something or you need help, we'll say, help. Because there's this TikTok. And I need to post it when we post this podcast reel so everybody can see it. But there's this little toddler. She may be like one or two sitting in this high chair. And her mom is eating wasabi. And so she's saying she wants it. She's pointing to it. And so the mom's like, are you sure you want this? You know? And she says, wasabi. And so the mom puts a little on a spoon and hands it to her. And this little baby takes this wasabi in. And her eyes just get real. Isn't it really spicy? So hot. So, so spicy. You know, and it's green. Yes. So this little baby's eyes get so big and she just goes, help. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like that is so accurate for what happens to us as moms because we see something and we're like, yeah, sure. Let's try it. Let's do it. I can do that, you know. And then we actually take it in and it's like, help. You know, we realize we have just (laughs) taken on too much. And as moms, I think we're constantly the helper, right? Yes. Because our kids are so good at asking for help. Probably too good. Well, and I don't even think they have to ask for help. I think as moms, we just like, we're moving in all the time. Like, I'm going to do that for you. Oh, the toast. Let's go back to the toast. (laughs) I just want to make toast for my kids. They didn't even ask me to make toast. Yeah. I just am like, I know how to help. So I'm going to make your toast. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Um, no, but it's, we do, we just help, you know, and they, they're so funny. They, they just don't mind and especially like as toddlers and babies they ask for help um so funny so I was laughing about because I think on the last episode weren't we talking about foods that are hard to open yes at school lunches yes so last night Caroline packed a mandarin orange in her lunch and I said hey baby I went ahead and started this for you so that you can peel it tomorrow at lunch and she goes oh no mom you don't need to do that and I said well can you peel it all by yourself and she said oh no there's helpers in the cafeteria (laughs) See, she knows. Where's the lunch lady? She's going to help me. I said, no, Caroline Grace, you need to be able to do this yourself. She has other kids to help. You can do this. So I just got tickled because I thought about you and thought, you know, but she's not afraid to ask for help. No, because she knows they're there. She's like, why wouldn't I ask for help? The lunch lady is standing right there. I'm just going to ask. Right. Yes. So I just think, you know, we just are notoriously so bad at asking for help and I, I think it just gets, you know, it, kids are good at it. And then we just start, start getting worse as we get older, especially, you know, like then you start entering those, the kids. And like, I remember being a teen and entering into those like late teen years. And I did not want to ask for help. I thought I knew everything. I had it all figured out. You know, they don't know they need help. No. And they knew need so much help. They need so much help, but they yeah. don't know they need it. And then no. when you try and offer it. They're like, I don't need your help. Yeah. They reject your help. Yeah. And then even into my 20s, you know, like my parents would try and like offer me advice. And I'm like, oh, I'm good. You know, I just was not good at receiving help, like advice and stuff. Now, I did want their financial assistance. Of course. Send the check. Right. But I didn't necessarily like want anybody telling me how to do things, you know. No. And I think now it's like, if you know how to do it, please tell me because I don't want to have to take the time to research it. Just give me the deets. Right. But it takes a minute to get to that point because I even remember being, you know, a new mom. And I think um, that's what I want to talk about next is like, why 
we don't reach out for help. But I think for me as a new mom, there was this pride associated with, I got this. Like, I don't want to have to admit that I am deficient somehow. Right. Right. Or I don't already have this all figured out. I've gotten to the point now where I've been doing this long enough. I mean, I'm 14 years into it where I'm like, okay, I need help. And I am not afraid to ask because now I know that there are all these moms who, and dads and, you know, people that have been before me who know the answers. It's foolish for me to bury my head in the sand and not admit that I need help. I still struggle with it, but I've gotten a lot better. See, I don't think I'm scared to look like I don't know it in front of other people. I almost think I don't even know that I don't know it. Okay. It's like a pride of like, surely I can do this. Yeah. And you just keep trying. It's like, you know, when the Bible talks about the fool just keeps doing the same thing over Uh and over again. (laughs) I just keep doing it over and over again thinking surely at some point it's going to work. Yeah. So it's like, I, I don't, it's okay if I look bad in front of people and I like get it wrong. I've got plenty of that. But it's almost like for myself, it's like I've got some some brain fog up here that doesn't even let me know. You really don't know what you're doing, <laughs> Rebecca. You don't. Because then when I figure out the better way to do it, I'm like, oh, that would have been so much easier. I don't know. Like just now when I showed you how to turn on your do not disturb on your phone. I had no idea you could do that. <laughs> so I've just been living my life like, okay, eventually I'll figure this out. It yeah. took two seconds for you to show me. Yeah, swipe down, hit the moon. Swipe down, hit the moon. Yeah. And it's so funny because I text people all the time and I get the little notification that says they're do not disturb. And I'm like, how do they do that? What's, did I miss something? But I didn't ask. I was right. just like, uh, surely I'll figure it out at some point. Maybe it's in the new update. I'll just wait. <laughs> that is such an interesting thing about you. And I think that is very accurate and true. And I love that you're bringing this up because I think you have a level of just like confidence and self-assuredness that I don't have. <laughs> It's not getting me anywhere. So you tend to be more on the side of like, well, I'll figure it out eventually. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to tell anybody that I don't know because then they'll think something's wrong with me. I just, I think maybe I'm okay with looking weird in front of (laughs) the world. I know. And I think that's great. It makes it. But my family's suffering because of it because (laughs) their mother is not, is not aware that she needs some help in certain areas. Sorry, kids. Okay, so why do you think it's hard for for you? I mean, we've talked a little bit about why it's hard for us. Why do you think it's hard just for moms in general to ask for help? I just think moms don't want to burden people. Yeah. I just think we look around at each other and know that we're all under it. And you just think, I can't ask her. She's got too much already. You know? Yeah. I don't want to burden you. I don't want to take. And sometimes I'll compare my problems too and go, but surely my problems are like way worse, you know? So I can't be asking that of somebody else. Yeah. But we don't know each other's stories. We honestly don't know what's happening in each other's homes. It's just what we think. Right. And like to immediately answer that, I mean, for sure, I think that's one of my big ones is I don't want to put anybody else out. And I think I've got a little more. I can just keep pushing through. I don't want to put anything on anyone else. But I have to tell you, helping carry someone else's burden, like the percentage that that requires of me is so different than when it's my own burden, right? Like if I'm cleaning someone else's dishes or I'm doing something else for them, there's like a joy piece in it that's different than when... (laughs) Cleaning my own dishes. I'm doing my (laughs) own dishes. I'm mad about it. Like somebody else needs to be in here cleaning these dishes. Right? I mean, doesn't that make sense? Yes. Like when I have the opportunity to do something for somebody else, I don't see it as something else to take on. I actually really find a lot of joy in helping other people and knowing I'm alleviating stress for them. Like there's payoff there for me. 
I think about it with carpools because you almost hate to ask somebody to pick your kid up for you. Yeah. But I'm already there. Yeah. So somebody's already sitting in the carpool line. For sure. And they're driving a minivan. Yeah. Because we minivan moms. I don't Uh, know about you SUVs. uh Uh-huh. So it's like, I got a free seat. Just put your kid in it. For sure. And people will be like, hey, you know, can can my kid come over to play? I've got to go to. Yes, 100% they can come over because then these kids are going to play together and, you know, they're going to be playing and not bothering me. Yes. Right? Yes. There's so much where we have capacity, but we just, we are afraid of burdening others, so we don't want to ask. Exactly. Um, I think another one is we feel like we're the only ones dealing with the issue. So like if it's something in our marriage or something with our finances or something that our kid is struggling with, right? We don't want to ask for help because we feel like we're the only one and someone's not going to understand it. See, I feel that way, not with my kid stuff. Cause I feel like, oh, surely there's another kid out there. I feel like it with personal stuff, like okay. my health. My body, my hormones, my mood, my marriage, my finances, like those things feel super personal. Mm. And so at that point, I'm always like, maybe we're the only ones that are dealing with this. And you just don't want to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. Because what if they don't get it? What if they judge you? And yeah, I think that's the the next big one is we're afraid of being judged. Yeah. You know, because what if we do share something and then someone is like, oh, gosh, you're doing that? That's terrible, right? Like, <laughs> but I would never think that about somebody else. Would never. <laughs> right? Right. But we put that in our own minds that that's how that they're going to respond to us. Yes. Um, I think the other reason it's hard for moms to ask for help is because sometimes that means we're going to have to relinquish some control. So if I need your help then, you know, and you're going to watch my kid or something, well, that may mean that you're not going to do it exactly like I do it. Yeah, You know? I I love that. Please take my children. (laughs) Please. Please do it differently. See if it works better for you. Well, and you're not a control freak, whereas I am, right? You know, I'm the mom who, when my babies were babies and I dropped them off at the nursery at church, I had a list, you know, of like, this is how much they milk. I'm pretty sure I didn't have a list. Yeah. No list. Right. This is what time, this is what burp cloth to use. This is when they can have a passy. They cannot go to sleep before this time. You know what I mean? Yes. And so for me, it was hard to ask control, to ask for help because that meant I needed to relinquish control and know that it may not go exactly right. Like I was going to have it go. Right. I think that's the same thing with when we're helping our kids with projects, Mm -hmm. when we're asking our kids to clean their room, Mm -hmm. like we just feel this need to like, I know how to do it better. Yeah. Let me just do it for you. Well, and even letting, you know, when they help in the house, we want to control it, right? Mm -hmm. To famously the dishwasher or, you know, whatever it is that we go back and redo it. I'm still rearranging the dishwasher (laughs) just in case anybody's wondering. I'm still doing that. But the thing is, if we really, if we need help, if we truly need help, there's got to be a, a place there where we relinquish control and it may not be done exactly like we would do it. Agreed. Do you feel like, like when you think back on your mom journey or even our, where you are right now, what were some areas where you felt like you did say, I need help? So I remember I bottle fed my first two boys. Mm-hmm. And then when I had Abby, I decided to nurse her. Uh-huh. And it was like a whole new world for me. I had no idea what was happening. Yeah. And I remember asking mom friends for help on that. Like, okay. how do we do this? Give me your hints. I had a lady bring me dinner one night and she like was helping me figure out how to hold her and what positions to put her in. I do remember asking for help there because I felt so inadequate. Like I had no idea what I was doing. 
Yes. Uh, so, gosh, that brings up so many memories for me. So I remember with Caroline, she had a tongue tie, um, and neither of my previous two kids had had that. So I could not figure out why we were having such a hard time nursing. And I had a good friend who was persistent with me. She would text me and check on me persistently, like ask me how it was going. Um, because she knew it was something I wanted to try and make work, but we were struggling. And so she texted me the number. She called the hospital to find out the name of the lactation consultant, sent me the information. That's amazing. You know, this is the woman you go see. Go see her, right? Um, and before I could get in to see her, you know, she said, have you ever tried a nipple guard? And I was like, no. And she said, that could help wonders. It's It was like 10 o'clock at night. She said, I'll go to Target right now and get it for you. No way. Yes. That's so nice. Because you know what it's like to be in those first few weeks. Yes. You're not sleeping. This new baby, you know, you've got to get this milk into them, you know? Yes. And then truly the nipple guard was helping a little bit, but we went in and saw the lactation consultant and it was so cool the way she was able to help because she weighed Caroline and then I nursed her. And I mean, I have these Dolly Partons full of milk, right? And so the lactation consultant was like, it's not like you don't have the milk, like you got it. (laughs) But so then I nursed her for 20 minutes and she weighed Caroline again and her weight had not changed. So she hadn't drunk anything? So she was not drinking the milk because of this tongue tie oh my goodness so you know the thing is Does that so, work for our bodies like if i drink a dr pepper and get on the scale is it gonna go up a couple pounds you need to get your tongue tied so you can, but then i think it just dribbles out of your mouth so, so. that's so funny i do think if i go to chewy's i'm gonna weigh a little bit more when i come home yeah uh yeah yeah but you know i mean that's an area where we need where we need help is do you feel like there was an area where you waited too long to ask for help I think I'm at a different place in motherhood now with how I pray and when I look back on my motherhood journey I never asked people to pray for me mm. I never asked for prayer I just I'm a Christian yeah I'm a believer and I never asked people to pray for me as a mother through all the different things that we went through with little kids And I don't know if it's now that I have a teenager and I'm like ultra desperate. I don't know, but I never asked people to pray for me. And now I'm much more apt to ask for prayer. That's but even, but even at that, I don't think we ask enough. Yeah. You know, because that's where the real power is. But of course, you know, right. We just go to Googling and trying to figure it out on our own before we're going to pray. Or just like an earthly response. Like, give me, give me the to-do list. What do I do here? Yeah. And we forget to ask for the power that comes from God to help in these situations. I thought, I thought when we were talking, when you were sent me something earlier and we were talking about it, I thought, why as moms, do we not pray for each other every time we're with each other? Yes. Like, why is that not the one thing we do, no matter what mom we're with, we just, let's pray. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think it's because we just feel awkward? Probably awkward, and also, yeah, because it feels like, like I don't know, we don't want to be weirdos, I guess, maybe, because it feels, like, weird. Right, but, like, it's not weird. It's, I mean, I agree 100%, it's not weird, but, you know, we need to be praying for each other and praying for each other's kids. And I feel like, as a mom, when somebody asks me to pray for them, it is such an honor. Mm. It's such an honor to pray for them. But yet I'm not going to ask somebody to pray for me because I feel like it's a burden. Right. But but for me on the receiving end, when you say, hey, will you pray for Jake and this thing? I It's a joy for me. A I joy. can truly say it's a joy for me to be able to partner with you in that and be invested in this miracle that God's going to work. And, and 
be able to walk that with you. Right. It feels like a privilege. I just, I think we should be doing it more often. I just, I think we forget how powerful it is. And we forget that even if I've got the to-do list, even if you give me the right earthly advice, like go home and get this and buy this and do this, there is still a part of that that needs the power of the Holy Spirit. And I leave him out all the time. Yeah. That's really good. All the time. That's really good. So I think for me, it's with my health that I will usually not get help and push it off for too long, right? I'll just kind of keep going and keep going and keep going before I ever say anything to anybody or ask for help. Right. Um, And so that's something that I'm trying to work on. And then when I do start talking to people about it, then it's like people immediately are like, oh, I know someone who struggled with that or I've struggled with that and here's what worked or here's the doctor or here, you know what I mean? Yes. And then all of a sudden there's all this help and all these resources, but I just struggle along. Yes. And you know, if it were one of my kids that was dealing with the issue, shoot, I would have had them into the doctor a week, two weeks yes. into it. Right? Yes. Yes. Like when we're seeing like a habitual issue. Yes. But with me, no, it, it will take months. Sometimes it's a year, like literally. Yes. Where I'm struggling with something and then I go, oh, maybe I should make a doctor's appointment. I feel like this is kind of funny. I'll tell my spouse, uh-huh. but I just feel like men don't know how to relate uh-huh. to like what's happening in a woman's body. So when you tell them, they're not like your friend that goes, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> they're just like, oh, uh-huh. okay, well, hey, let me tell you what happened at work today. <laughs> So it's almost like sometimes if you tell the wrong person, yeah. they minimize. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, maybe it's not that big a deal. Yeah. I just need to get over it. Sure. Moms, we make big deals, okay? Yes. It's a big deal that you're tired all the time. Let's fix that. Yes. Okay? Yes. We need to work on that. Right. You got to tell the right person. I know. Well, and Jeremy, hilariously, I mean, I did tell him. And like, he knows because he sees me, you know, that I am tired all the time. And... um. And so he'll just say, I'll say, you know, I'm tired or whatever. He's like, well, did you make your appointment? <laughs> you know? Not the right question. Thank you so much. No. So, you know, if that's just his response is, okay, you have identified there's an issue. You have to make the appointment. Do you know what? In my mind, I'm like, the appointment's not going to fix it. It's going to yeah. take like 12 appointments. And it might be. And that's the, I think that's the other hard thing is when we do ask for help, it's not always like, the first thing is going to solve it. Right. And so that can feel discouraging because I know that, you know, with this issue that I'm struggling with, I am going to go see a doctor. I am going to get my blood run. and But we may have to try a myriad of things. A myriad of things, yes. And honestly, it's just hard to even look at the schedule and go, how am I going to fit another appointment in? Yes, you know? yes. So I, I do put it off. But I know that it's necessary, you know. And that's something that we talk about here is taking care of yourself. And so I know I need to practice what I preach. But I, I do put off my own health. Yes, definitely. I think all moms do that. So we are going to be talking about help in this season and the kind of help that we need to ask for, help with our marriage, help with our teens, help with our toddlers, help with our finances, help because we're a control freak. Like we have a whole list of things that we want to talk to you about, Um, but we wanted to kick the season off by just telling you that that we can ask for help and we can get help from two major places. We can get help from our community and we can get help from God. And I wanted to share with you when I started thinking about friends and asking for help from our community, I thought about the paralyzed man on the mat whose friends take him to Jesus. And I want to share that story with you. So this story is in Mark 2, verses 1 through 12. And I'm not going to read all of them, but I'm going to read this first part of it so we can set the story up. So here's what it says. 
And when he returned to Capernaum, this is Jesus, after some days, it was reported that he was at home, and many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them, and they came, bringing him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. And then if you remember, there are these Pharisees sitting near, and they're like blasphemer, you know, how can you say sins are forgiven? And Jesus says, you know, is it easier for me to say you're healed, get up and walk, or your sins are forgiven, but so that I can prove to you that I can do both? get up your take your mat and get up and walk and he does right don't you wonder if the paralytics like laying there going mm, it's not really what they lowered me down for from my sins but thank you i don't know oh my gosh. <laughs> don't you wonder if the friends on the roof are like dang it it's <laughs> not really what we're here for either oh my gosh that is so funny i've never thought about that I'm, just, I'm always the one that's going what are they really thinking and then when G- I'm, I'm sure he was excited and sins were forgiven, but then when he said get up and walk, he was like, score, two for one. Yes. I'll take that. Oh, my gosh. That's so good. Well, okay. I guess the point of that is they believed that if you did have a, you know, a disease like that, then you had done something wrong. You know? Oh, that's right. We don't really think that anymore. <laughs> I guess they did associate that. And back even then. though we know that that's not true, you know, they believed that. And so, anyway, okay, that's funny. I'm going to have a hard time recovering from that. All right. <laughs> I didn't realize I was going to set you <laughs> some, off. <laughs> some great uh, exegesis of the scripture. Okay. <laughs> so, what I think is interesting, I mean, please forgive me if this is dumb, but I have never picked up on this before. So, Jesus in his adult life is living in Capernaum. And this says this was his house that this happens in. Like his house? Yes, this is the home he was living in. This is the address of Jesus Christ. I mean, something, because I went and checked it, and the commentary said, yeah, for sure, like this says this is his home. But like his mom lived there too, right? I don't know. It doesn't tell about anybody else. I mean, he's traveling all the time. There's got to be dust everywhere. Well, and he's a grown... What? Is that why he needs his mama? Yeah, like when you leave your house for a long time, the dust like... (laughs) Settles on things. But there's dust everywhere anyway. It's <laughs> Capernaum. It's like, but supposedly Capernaum. near the Sea of Galilee, it said it was a fertile land that was very fruitful. And Capernaum had only been a city for 200 years at this point. Oh my gosh. See, you talking about stuff none of us know. We're Listen, like, what? Don't you love this research? I love this. Okay. So I read the version in Mark. But then Luke also tells the story, and Luke describes the ceiling made of tiles. So I just think it's interesting. If you've never seen this happen, then watch The Chosen, okay? Because this the, they do this in The Chosen, and you get to see it. But so these homes, they had flat roofs because they would use the roofs for things, right? So there were ladders up to the roof. So you imagine that the friends, you know, hear that Jesus has been healing people. He's at his crib, so they're like, let's go. So they start trying to get close, and there's this huge crowd. There's people full in the house, and then they're all standing outside the window so they can hear him. So they can't get close, right? And I imagine them holding this mat or maybe, like, sticks with a mat. I'm not sure. Nobody really knows. Okay. Depends on what you drew in your Bible story, you know, coloring book when you were I think it was a blanket. You think it was a blanket? Yep. Grab the four corners of the sheet. Let's go. Okay. Um, so, you know, they're carrying him and they're like, we can't get to him. You know, then one of them spies this ladder leaned up against the side of the house. And so they're like, come on, let's go. And I want you to think about if you're the paralyzed man, 
I'm there. I'm already there. And what are you thinking? What are we about to do? <laughs> Y'all about to what's, hoist me up this ladder. What's happening? Like, think about that practically. Like, how are they going to do this, you know? It's a bit of sheet. They're going to wrap them up like a burrito and throw them over their shoulder. Oh, toss him. And they're just going to walk him up. Oh, I was picturing, like, catapulting him when you first said that. <laughs> okay, but you said tiles on the roof? Okay, so these roofs were made of, um, like, they would have, like, uh, I guess, like, cane or wood pieces, and then it would be, like, mud and clay. Okay. And then, but Luke uses the word tiles. Okay. In addition to that. So it's some compilation. It's not like our roofs is the bottom line. Right. You know? And they're flat. So you can imagine that somebody could stand on top of it. Um, but then if you watch it in The Chosen, I had never thought about the fact that, all of a sudden, these guys start digging. It says digging, right? Because they, yes. they're going to have to dig through the mud and clay in the roof. So think about then what's happening on the people below. It's got to be falling on their heads. Right? Yes. You know, Jesus is sitting there, and he's teaching these people. And all of a sudden, all this dirt and mud and pieces of clay start falling from the roof. And if I'm Jesus, I'm like, who's going to pay for this? <laughs> this is, you just said it was his house. This is my house. What's going on? <laughs> Oh my gosh, Rebecca, this, I love your observations in this text. This is some good stuff. So I wanted to think That's about. That's got to be big. Can you imagine how big that hole has to be to put that man through it? Yeah, I mean, unless they like zip him down there like feet first or something, you know, and he just plops down in there. But and how far? Like, I wonder how far was it from the roof to the floor? Right. Because they have to put him all the way down on the floor. Yeah. So how are they lowering him down, you know? I feel like we're. The rabbit trail is just, we're off in the woods right now. Bless y'all's heart. Well, I know, but here's the thing. I mean, I love that we can, like, take another look at these Bible stories because we grew up hearing these or we've heard them before. And then you really start, like, let's put shoes on this. Like, let's go sit inside that home. Those three-year-olds are not asking these questions. No. They're like, cool. You but, went through the roof. Yeah, awesome. But as an adult, you're like, okay. I have a, a roof. I know how much work goes into that. I'm not sure that was a great idea. <laughs> So, but I wanted to think about some things here that I think are really interesting for us to realize when we think about needing help in the context of community, okay? Number one, you've got this paralyzed man. Well, he could have, nobody could have ever known he was paralyzed, right? There had to have been uh, some bit of transparency with him that he was open with his friends they knew he was paralyzed right he he was open about his need so we don't know how long this man has been paralyzed we don't know what his situation is but I think that's the first key in this is that if we're going to get help we have to say hey I need help Mm -hmm. you know yeah I'm stuck. I'm paralyzed. Sometimes for us as moms, we feel truly paralyzed in the situation that we're in. Yes, we do. Right? Yes. And we feel stuck. But so often what we do is we end up just shutting the door and staying in our homes. And we don't tell anyone, hey, I'm stuck in here and I'm paralyzed. Right. 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 So there has to be a piece of that where he is honest about, hey, I'm paralyzed and I need help. Right. For sure. Then you have to have friends that are willing to go and and get in there. And say, okay, well, we have we we want to offer you help, so we're going to come and grab you up out of there. Yes, and I I think sometimes there's this give and take. Like I wonder along this journey with this paralyzed man, like are there were maybe parts where they're like, hey, Jesus has been healing, so we're going to snatch you up, and we're going to take you to him, and maybe at some point the paralyzed man was like, okay, cool, let's go give it a shot, you know. But then they start getting closer and they see obstacles, right? And they see there's all these people and they're not going to be able to get to him. And he's like, okay, guys, thanks for trying. Right. 
I know that was a lot of work carrying me all the way over here. Just take me home. But thank you for trying. That's what I'm thinking is that sometimes as moms, we'll let people do a little bit. Uh-huh. But then when it gets too hard, we're like, okay, stop, stop, stop. You don't have to do any more. This That's is right. too much for you. That's and right. And I could so- totally see him being like, y'all tried. It's okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Y'all don't have to. We don't have to go up on the roof. You know, the whole way up, he could be like, no, stop. Really? It's all right. And then, but think about then him having to submit to their help as they take him on the roof. Yes. And they're taking him up this ladder. And I, if I'm him, I'm a little embarrassed or ashamed yeah. that I'm exposed in this way. Right. That I'm having to admit on this level that I need help. Right. And these people are sacrificing so much. It's not just like they brought him dinner. Now they're like lugging him up a roof. Yes. And they're about to dig into Jesus's house. Okay, so if I'm the paralyzed man, I I can resonate so much with that, right? Of not wanting to be exposed, not wanting to burden other people, not um, wanting to reveal my deep need, you know, and how much I really need help and the level this is going to put them out. But it, I'm going to be real with you. If I'm one of those friends holding those sheets, I'm like, let's go. Let's go. We're going to get you to the healer. Let's go. Yes, we are going up this ladder. Yes, we are going to dig a hole in this roof. Like, let's go. Yes. You know? Well, and you're not alone taking them up the ladder. Like, there are four of them. Yes. So then as friends of people that need help, we don't need to try and carry somebody else's burden by ourselves. Exactly. We need to find some other people to go with us. Yes. Yes. Because one person would not have been able to pull this off. No. Right? Right. It needed a crew. And I just think this has so much to say to us, and I think we'll dig into this more and more over the season, but so much to say to us about what help looks like. Help looks like being honest that you need help. Um, And then on the community side of it, that you would just go in and give the help sometimes when that mom was like, no, I'm good. Right. You know? Because maybe he protested. Maybe he was like, guys, you don't have to do this. Yeah. And they were like, no, we're doing it. Yeah. This is our chance. That's Jesus right. Jesus is here. Let's go. That's right. And so sometimes that means that you just, you know, text a mom a DoorDash gift card or you go drop a meal on her front porch or you say, no, your kids are coming over from this time to this time. Get a nap or yes. go do whatever you're going to do, you know? Yes. I remember one time Greg was out of town in Africa or something and he was going to be gone for a week. Really? You got to tell this story Why? about when I called Nashville for help. Why is that bad? It was your birthday. But you didn't know. I called and asked you to watch my kids while I went to the grocery store on your birthday. Okay, let me tell you something. My love language is acts of service. And it felt like such a privilege to me that you let me help you. Until I found out it was your birthday and I was like, I'm the worst friend ever. You felt bad, but I felt great about it. I felt great about it. I totally remember that. (laughs) You know, yes. I was so thankful that you let me help and we, we all had such a good time. Yes. You know? Yes. And so, yeah, I didn't mean to like throw you under the bus. I thought that was fun <laughs> because you let me help. And that's the thing though. You have to be willing to let the other person decide what they can and can't do. Yeah. Like I can't decide for you yeah. that you can't do this. Now, if you can't, if you call and ask for help and a mom says, I cannot do it today, but I can do it Thursday or I can do it this weekend. You have to give them the opportunity to figure out what's doable. That's right. And so stop saying no for somebody else. Let them say their own no. That's right. Do not say no for them. Very good. Because it may be a privilege to them, truly, like it was for me. And I think on the next year, I think on your birthday, I was like, I have to take your kids on your birthday. You know, I don't know. No, no, no. It was my birthday. The next year, I was like, I have to watch your kids (laughs) on my birthday. (laughs) 
Because you watch my kids on your birthday. Well, you always make my birthday so special. So it really, I mean, I think we see that whole incident very differently. (laughs) But it's a great example of exactly what's happening here and how it can be on the receiving end and how it can feel on the giving end. Yes, yes. And so I want you to think about, you know, who are you in this story right now? Are you the friend that's paralyzed and you need to ask for help? Or are you the friend that's saying, hey, you know what, I think I have a friend that that might be needing some help. I need to reach out right now. The people that we for sure do not want to be in this story are the Pharisees and the scribes sitting around judging. Because I think um, those are the other people that we can sometimes be in the story. That when a mom is saying that she needs help or there's something happening in her life or friends are stepping in, sometimes we can look and go, oh, why is she doing that? Or why can't she handle that herself? I mean, in the ugliest moments. Yes. Yes. Or I know somebody that needs more help than she does. Yes. Or she should be able to do that herself. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, just to be really honest, there are some ugly moments. We do not want to be, when we read this story and we look at um, how these religious leaders were acting, we're like, ooh, they should have been celebrating. Like yes. it should have been like a movie moment where you're like, oh my goodness, these people were so persistent. They yes. were so committed. Yes. This guy is literally sitting at the feet of Jesus now through the roof. Yes. What's he going to do? Yes. Not immediately jumping to, I can't believe that he would do this. Exactly. Exactly. So we want to be friends that celebrate. So we have to ask our our community for help. We have to be honest about it, and we have to be willing to step in and help. Um, and sometimes just go ahead and push through when a mama is not willing to say she needs it just yet. Yes. That's a tricky line to walk, um, but I think we can do that in loving ways that aren't pushing too far past, you know, where we would make a mom uncomfortable with her boundaries. But you guys, the other person, and Rebecca already brought this up, that we don't go to enough that we need help from is God. He is our helper. That's one of the names for God. The spirit is called the helper. And so if we need help, we need to go to God. And I want to share with you, Matthew 7, 7 through 11 says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good gifts to those who ask him? I think we, I think God wants to give us more than what we're asking. Yeah. And I think, it's like as a mom sometimes when I know I can do something for my kid that they can't do. And they don't ask for it. I'm like, come on, just ask me. I'm like, ready. I want to help. I know how to do this. And so I just wonder if God's like, I have so much more that I want to help with. Yeah. But you're just stiff arming me. You're just not even thinking about me. And you're trying so hard to prove to yourself that you can do it on your own. And then you're getting so frustrated when it doesn't work out. But I'm right here ready to send the help. Just reach out and ask me. That's so good. And like, I love the illustration that Jesus says here. Cause like if our, if one of our kiddos asked for a piece of bread, I wouldn't give them a rock. No, 
They ask for bread. You go and give them that toast, aren't I you? I make such good toast. <laughs> yes, I do. You know, or if they ask for a fish, am I going to give them a snake? No, if they, you know, if they're like, hey, I'm hungry, I'm not going to punish them for that. I'm going to give them whatever they're asking for, whatever mm-hmm, they need. Mm-hmm. And it calls us here, it's contrasting with this hyperbole, you know, compared to God, we are evil, right? And yes. we do this good thing. Yes. So in what greater measure will he, the good, good father, give to us the gifts that we need? Yes. Yes. I started thinking about too, you know, just how, um, how we ask for help from God. And it made me think of the story of Jehoshaphat. And I'm not going to tell that whole story right now, but it's so good. It's in, um, first Chronicles, second Chronicles and Jehoshaphat is a King. He's a good King, um, over Israel. And he learns that this huge army all of a sudden is coming toward them, right? These three gangs have grouped up and they're like, it's this impending doom, right? And he's scared and he doesn't know what to do. And he cries out to God. And I love his prayer to God because he says, we do not not know what to do, but our eyes are on you, right? That in that moment where, because we have those moments in motherhood where it feels like this thing is coming down on us and we don't know what to do, right? And and the answer for Jehoshaphat, I mean, you, you read and God gives him victory in battle, but it wasn't because he came up with a great battle plan. It wasn't because he fixed it all himself. It wasn't because he did everything right. No, it was because he cried out to God and God intervened, right? God showed up and offered him help and he looked to God, his eyes were on him. And it reminds me of Psalm 121, one through two, that says, I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. That's the thing. We're trying to get earthly answers for spiritual things. There are things happening in our home with our kids, with ourself, with our health that are spiritual. And I'm trying so hard to find an earthly answer for it. And the earthly answers are not satisfying the need. And if I would just stop and ask the Lord first, and I do think it's awkward. It's even awkward for me by myself. Like when I'm alone in my house and I have an issue, it's awkward for me to stop with nobody else watching and pray and ask the Lord for help. But I wonder if we just need to challenge each other to do that more, just to say, okay, from now on, before I Google, before I call a friend, before I drive to Walmart to get whatever, I'm just going to stop and pray. And don't make it some big shindig where you have to like spend an hour. Just stop. And just what Psalm said, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? And then the next time you're with a mom and she shares a need with you, stop and pray for her. And that's going to feel awkward, but just stop and pray and see if we start to see this rising up of God's power in our life that we have not tapped into up to this point. Wonderful. That's so good. And I think that's where we should land the plane because that's the bottom line of it is that we truly as moms, we do need help. We have to be more honest about the help that we need and we have to look to God to give that help. And oftentimes that help is going to show up in the form of our community and we need to be willing to receive it. And so we're so excited to talk with you more about this, moms, and we're going to get very detailed, nitty gritty, practical with you about things that you need help with. Things that we have coming up is help. My kid is anxious. Help. My sex life is struggling. Help. I need mom friends. Help. I'm a control freak. Help. I'm a new mom. All the things that we need help with, you know, those are titles of our upcoming episodes, and we cannot wait to talk with you 
in real practical ways about those things and even bring in some experts to help us get you the help that we need in these areas. We love you so much. We're so glad that you were with us today and we'll see you next time. Thanks moms. Bye. One easy way you can help another mama is by sharing this podcast with her. If you have laughed, been encouraged, and gotten help here, would you take a moment to share this podcast on your socials? Text the link to a friend and leave a rating and review. Thanks for your help in getting the word out to mamas about this space we've created just for them.